Hey church, welcome back to the Relationship Series, week two. If you missed week one, you might want to catch it. This is my wife, Tammy. Thanks for being here, Tammy. Uh, we do this every year in some form. This obviously is a lot different this, this year, but we're glad to sit down and try a different kind of approach to it and to see how it goes. We've had these clothes on all week all long. All week long. If you saw the first one, we, we didn't change. We're, we're in. We're all in. We're totally committed to staying focused. So no showering, no changing clothes, no nothing <laughs> for three weeks or we did all the shootings in one day. Uh, okay, so relationship series, uh, here's our hope, here's our prayer. Um, maybe you could even say it's the reason we do it is we've been married almost 30 years and we're hoping that the Felt lessons- like 30 minutes. Feels, it does feel like 30 minutes. Underwater. underwater. Right, so <laughs> uh, uh, our hope is that the lessons we've learned and are continuing to learn are on some level helpful to you. So we'd like to just take opportunity to share, you, share with you what's going on. I also appreciate the fact that Tammy is a counselor and for over 30 years, you've been, have you been a counselor longer than we've been married? Well, you've been a counselor since you were like 12, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Quite honestly, I've read some of the letters from your friends and you're like counseling them pretty early on. He right. literally did that during the pandemic. He went through our crawl space and read every one of our childhood letters. Yeah, like letters that we've True between story. friends and like that we've even kept them is the, maybe the weirdest thing. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I learned a lot. Here we are, relationship series. What I was saying was, Tammy, with almost 30 years of uh, uh, experience as a marriage and um, relationship and uh, counselor, right? So has just been involved with tons of different kinds of people, relationships, teams, marriages, whatever. And so she comes with um, a wealth of experience um, and tools, bona fide tools that work and help people get through life together. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to just more opportunities to do that. Week one, mm -hmm. we started by laying a foundation and essentially said, with any relationship, from a Christian perspective, you have to recognize that God is up to something much bigger than just our own happiness, right. our own fulfillment. Right. He's actually transforming us, changing us, maturing us, yes. growing us into the very people that he means for us to be. If we have the perspective that God's up to, to, to our transformation, he's yes. up to our holiness, rather than our happiness, we're off to a much better start. And that's the foundation, a yeah. spirit-filled life yep. of change. So just like a house is built on a foundation, we're gonna kind of talk about like what the first floor would be. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about the elements of the first floor. Yeah, and obviously this is in the context of the pandemic. <laughs> the timing is not lost on us that we have a relationship series because everybody's pretty much Little, struggling. Little on edge. Little on edge. Yeah. Little, little in the fog, like not enough resources, not enough buffer you know, yeah. to, to deal with one another. It's, so you, you got to have the foundation right. It's absolutely true. So we want to say, hey, great job listening to a relationship series. Hey, great job trying to hang in there. Yeah. Hey, great job trying to continue to grow even in the tough time when you do not. Literally, just trust me. I could go into the whole neurochemistry of it. Just, oh, we do don't it. Have time do here. the neurochemistry. We don't, we don't really have time here. Yeah. But the reality is you do not. <laughs> not have 
you really don't have your normal internal resources available. I don't even for, have neurochemistry right now. <laughs> for your life. So uh, truly, I want you to feel encouraged by today. And if you can grab, you know, one or two things out of this time, it's great, 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 great. So we yeah. pray you are blessed by today. Yeah. So the first floor of the house, if the foundation is what you described in terms yeah. of having God's perspective on your relationship and being willing to go by how he says relationships uh, are meant to be lived yeah. and what they are for, as opposed to what the world is selling us that they're for. Right. right. That's your foundation. The first floor of the house? Is really selflessness, but maybe a few things specifically. Yeah. The practices of this. Right, right. These practices. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Communication, communication, encouragement. encouragement. Selfless forgiveness, which I don't know if there's any other kind. Uh, encouragement and communication, yes. I mean, there are, there's probably other tools that are good, but these are big. Huge. These are huge. Yeah. Practice these three, you're going to be off to the race. Yeah, so you can't, the truth is, I will say it provocatively, because it's all throughout the word of God provocatively, you can't hope to be in an ongoing relationship if you are not willing to practice ongoing forgiveness. Mm. I mean, truly, daily forgiveness, daily forgiveness. Yeah. And we're not just talking committed relationships, friendships, yeah. family relationships, yeah. daily forgiveness. Yeah. If forgiveness is not a part of your daily life, no wonder you're struggling in your life. Yeah. Because he tells us that this is the manifestation of the Christ life in us is to walk in the manner of Christ and his life was a life that was poured out for others in offering his life as a sacrifice for others. And people are broken, so you're going to get hurt every day. Yes. Someone's gonna disappoint you. Every day. Every day, the closer you are to people, the more you don't wanna be close to them, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. Mike went off on some riff today when we were in the bathroom getting ready to go about, so tell me about people. And we ended up talking about how people are hardwired to avoid pain. Yeah. You are. We are literally instinctually hardwired to avoid pain. And that does include relationally. Yeah. So when it comes to forgiveness, we have to follow the admonitions that are all throughout scripture. Like Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. As God in Christ has forgiven you. How has he forgiven you? He has forgiven you all of it. Hmm. All of it. And he calls us, he says, would you be willing to forgive others? All of it. Mm. Right? Well, Bear with each other yeah. and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Yeah. How did, that's Colossians 3.13. Yeah. How did the Lord forgive us? He forgave us all of it everything without condition and it, it, it was agonizing it killed him literally so 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 if you've got somebody in your life telling you that forgiveness like oh just forgive them yeah we just forgive them yeah. just lollipops and roses it's just super yeah it's for oh forgive them for that yeah. like it's easy or it's going to make you feel amazing right. or it's just like skip no. to my loo it, it's the wrong picture no. i hate to tell you that it is agonizing. It's to dying to self. It, it is. It's dying to self. If, you're, if you get to the point where you say, you're, my spouse is killing me, <laughs> you're actually on the right track because you should be laying down your life for your spouse. <laughs> and how do you, and how do you, how do you, not, no way. Uh, 
Okay. Our son. Always. You, Spencer, <laughs> go to your room. Did we ever even say that Could to you? Can we be kid? more proud Spencer? of this guy? You did say go to your room, but I enjoyed my room. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what he did was he made a room that he would rather be in. Okay, you don't lose rest, your train of thought. Than rest of life. Stop it. Squirrel. Okay. So you're saying we have to forgive daily, every day, in the manner that Jesus forgave us, that God forgives us, right? So to me, the, one of the keys to forgiveness is being in touch with and remembering and, and grasping the forgiveness that you have. Okay, so one of the things we're going to do is talk about the blockade to forgiveness. Yes. Why people struggle so okay. to forgive. Yep. And that is one of the biggest blockades to forgiveness is that we do not grasp the level of forgiveness that Jesus has done for us. Yeah. And I don't know if we talk about this, but I'm... Okay, so we'll get to that, right? I can... Well, we're here, so let's okay. just be here. So I, this is a short point. Confession. Confessing your sins. Daily confessing your own sins. Your own shortcomings, your own misgivings, the way that you were wrong. Confessing to God and receiving His forgiveness is key to your own forgiveness. You got to be in touch with how you're jacked up. You're screwed up. And he is ongoing forgiving you. If you're in touch with that, so much easier to forgive. So Luke 7, 47, Jesus says, he who has been forgiven much, much forgives much. And he who has been forgiven little forgives little. Now, let's be clear. Jesus isn't saying that there's different forgivenesses offered. <laughs> yeah. He is saying, if you don't really get it, how much you've been forgiven, you're not going to be very forgiving. And if you get the level to which you have been forgiven, you're very core, you're very self-centered, self-concerned, self-consumed core that we all have. If you get how self-interested you are to your core and yeah. that that is what has been paid for, yeah. paid for, paid for, paid for again, paid for again. If you get that level yeah. of salvation, then you'll be forgiving. Yeah. In Matthew 18, it's the parable where Jesus talks about the, the, I think it was slave owner, that has been given, forgiven a huge debt. And literally, then a person comes to him who had a very small debt, and he refused to forgive him that debt. Yeah. It's, he uh, did, it's, it's, the contrast is just disgusting. It's a very awkward moment in Scripture, in my opinion. <laughs> like, that guy is so wrong. And so clueless as to how, like, did you not see how much you were literally just forgiven? Your debt was so huge. And he's holding a dollar over And he's the holding a dollar over yeah. a dude's head. Oh, man. Throws just... him in prison. That is you and I. If we are unwilling yeah. to let go of yeah. offense, if we're holding grudges. Yeah. But one of the other blockades to forgiveness, in addition to like really forgetting how much we've been forgiven for, not walking in the reality, and not just remembering, calling to mind how much we've been forgiven for. One of the other reasons it's so hard for us to forgive, we have to just put this out here, is because it's so hard. It's so painful. That no. some of the things that have been yeah. done to us, yeah. abuses, it is wrong. There, we'll never get that moment back, that really good moment. You'll never get your purity back. You'll never get that beautiful moment back. You'll never get that belonging back. You'll never get that money back. You'll never get... The purity of yeah, were, your sexuality back. You'll never get the thing back. It is excruciating sometimes to yeah, think about. 
And the Lord is saying, I want you to give that to me because you trust me, because I'm telling you, forgiveness is between you and me. It's not for the other person. I'm asking you to forgive because you trust me, because you want to obey me. Yeah. So here is, we just want to pull but it down. But your point is like forgiveness, it is hard because of the deep losses that are associated with it. It is, why is forgiveness so hard? It's just painful. Because the loss is real. Yeah, it's real. And so we want to keep making this as practical as possible. So here's a, here's a very practical, squished down definition as much as possible for what forgiveness is. Maybe it will help some of you. It is forgiveness is laying down the right you have to hold something over somebody's head. Yeah, or it's totally legit that you should. Absolutely. It's totally legit. Eye for an eye. Yep. Laying down the right you have to bring something up, hold it over their head, keep bringing it up against them. You have that right, you do. And it is saying, God, you have told me that the best thing for me is when I give it to you, that it's really bad for me to walk around with offense. It's really bad for me to have bitterness inside. You have told me that my best life is when I hand it over to you and you're gonna deal with it eventually, that my best life is trusting you with offense. Whew. Okay. It feels like a free pass for the other person. That's the other reason it's really hard for us to forgive. Because so many people feel like, wait a minute, it lets them off the hook then. Yeah, they need the, to know it was wrong. They need to know. Like if I told him and I wrote him four texts and four notes that I put on his forehead, on the mirror and on his steering wheel and he still forgot to bring the milk home. <laughs> like that, that, it's like letting him off the hook if I don't passively, aggressively or even overtly punish him for that. Yeah, but people forget. They forget <laughs> about the milk. The reality is that he says, listen, forgiveness is about you and me, child. You do it because you love me. Yeah. It's not for the other person. Yeah. It's not to let them on the hook or take them off the hook. It's not about the hook and the other person. It's about do you love me enough and do you trust that when I'm asking you to do something for me, it's your best life yeah. and it's your best way. For the record, it's not even wrong to let somebody know that was wrong. Hurtful. And it Disappointing. hurts. Yep. Right, right. And I forgive you. you right. Know, it's yeah. You can call it out. That doesn't. That forgiveness is is uh, forgiving of an actual offense. Right. It's an they actual might, offense. They might not own it. They might not agree. Or what, but you can still forgive them. That's why it is so important for us that you get a real picture of forgiveness. Like, again, I, no disrespect to some messages on forgiveness, but we have to have. We want you to have the real picture that we know. It can be excruciating. Mm-hmm. And he still asks us to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And it's your best life. It's my best life. Yeah. It's your best life. And yeah. it's a daily practice. Yeah. And a daily call. Yeah. I, when I think about forgiveness, I think of vulnerability. Sure, right. Like I'm opening, it's like turning the other cheek. It's like forgiveness is, okay, you struck me on this cheek. I forgive you. And I don't back up. And I don't punish you to the point where you can't slap me anymore. I literally am vulnerable to the next one, mm -hmm. which again causes me to trust that God is up to something bigger than what I recognize. Mm -hmm. Okay. In abusive situations, we're not talking about, oh, we're thank not talking you. about, right. for crying out loud, there are people that right. are doing right, right, illegal right. things, yeah, yeah, yeah. abusive, inhumane things. We're not saying be a 
doormat. I'm so glad this Mike said that. This is a different deal altogether. Yeah, we're not talking about toxic relationships. We're not talking about uh, people that are, you know, around people that are truly abusive. abusive. Truly abusive. Uh, that Violent. is a. We are having a discussion to believers that are trying to follow Christ and absolutely uprightly trying to follow Christ. And fairly normal wrongful behaviors in relationships, not egregious. Did you say wrongful behaviors? Yes. What do you I mean, everybody's got normal, we're offending one another. Okay, gotcha. Normal, like not yeah. extreme Not cases. abusive things, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Well, yeah, we're, not, we're not telling you to make Normal yourself... wrongfulness, that is what I said. Normal wrongfulness. Normal wrongfulness, for some reason I said that. <laughs> All right, so uh, the second sort of ground floor thing that's built on the foundation of God's perspective of relationships. Forgiveness is a critical part of every good relationship, absolutely. It will bring nothing but life and goodness to yourself as you want to have good relationships, friends, family, yeah. whatever. It doesn't matter whether that's you have a covenant relationship or even just a good coworker yeah. relationship. Forgiveness will be a, a critical part. A second one is a good communication. 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 I love this one. We are, the, we are the bastion of perfect communication, the two of us. What can we possibly teach people about communication? <laughs> yeah, um, so anyhow, so communication <laughs> is conveying, I mean, we know what it is, but I have to say, it, conveying your thoughts and feelings through words, behaviors, and emotions to other people and trying to be as clear as possible what right. that is. Healthy communication is when a person takes responsibility for their side of the communication loop. That is where a lot of it breaks down, honestly, is because we blame other people for not hearing me correctly. We blame other people for, wait, you sent the wrong message to me, yeah. rather than no, I incorrectly interpreted and yeah. decoded your message uh, poorly. So it, an important step to becoming an effective communicator is realizing your side of the fence, you're part of the communication. You loop. are a big problem in every miscommunication. Don't yes. blame it. I'm like, you have filters, issues. You, you flat, flat out can't even hear as much anymore. <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> you just, you are a problem. You have to recognize it miscommunication two, is two people. It takes two to make every good relationship, it takes two to make every bad relationship. Boom! And I don't care if it's like 2080, I don't care if it's 50-50. It takes two to make every good or bad relationship. Yes. So we've got to relinquish control of the part of the communication loop that does not belong to us and allow it to be on the person, the other person, and definitely take responsibility for the part of the communication loop that does belong to us. So healthy communication is when we're aware of how our personality, our feelings, our uh, attitudes, our assumptions, our habits, our past experiences, our current emotional uh, environment, our current uh, situation, how it affects the way that we're sending messages and the way that we're yeah. receiving messages yeah. yeah that we understand the complexity of communicating that we get it that we have to actually work on it a bit yeah yeah the communication's verbal it's visual it's vocal yeah I pretty much know at this stage of my life when I'm talking to somebody and they say to me do you understand what I'm saying <laughs> my answer now is probably not <laughs> because it takes a lot more effort than we think and I know now, at this stage of my life, I can't just say something once and expect that it's going to be understood. And I can't hear something once and expect it's being understood. There's a, just a lot more to it. I think we've beat the horse to death on that. Yes. Really? No. We okay. need to say more. I mean, because... <laughs>
<laughs> Clearly, we're on the same page on that. <laughs> so uh, the blockades to healthy communication, yes. um, uh, one of them is that the personality differences really make it a lot of work to communicate. Yeah. So that is why, to be very... Um, Blunt. Clear about it. That is why Mike and I have difficulty in our relationship because our personality differences, even though externally we're both extroverted and yeah, we well, seem pretty similar. You wouldn't necessarily similar. see it. Like even in our sort of logistical patterns and practices of life, right. pretty similar. But internally? The way we communicate and the way we process think. life. The way we think. I'm not even sure you process, process life. <laughs> Cool, no, I would it? be the one that that's cool? not processing right. life, actually. Yeah. Right? So I would seem as though I'm not. We are literally polar opposites in the way that we think and process information, relationship, life. We take in data the way even we take in sensory data. It's completely opposite. Yeah. And so we can re reach totally different conclusions by processing the same data. Yeah. And so it, it is arduous. It is arduous to try to communicate about yeah. certain things. Yeah. It takes a lot of effort. Yeah. And so unless you have the commitment to, okay, I'm willing to expend the effort to do that, it's hard. Yeah. And so some people, that's a blockade for them, yeah. is good communication is just like, I don't feel like doing the work, right? So that's a blockade. Yep. Another uh, blockade in communication is frankly, there's a lot of immaturity. And immaturity in communication, it, it looks a couple of ways that I just want to point out. For instance, one aspect of immature communication is all or none black or white thinking. Yeah. So let me tell you what that looks it's, and sounds like. It seems like. cleaner. Like I tend to communicate in black and white terms, but it's an immature approach to trying to fully communicate or understand all the nuances of something that's trying to be communicated. Black or white thinking is like this. You always blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You never blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't do that. Well, we... Do I? You do that more than I do, don't you? Never mind. What is he doing <laughs> right now? I'm Clearly, to, you are off your script. I'm just trying okay? to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is thinking. It is speaking in categorical, conclusive ways. Right. That is not helpful to communication. It shuts it down, and it's all, and it's an immature way to process information, yeah. because. Truly, when is anything always this way or never this way? Right. When is it like it's either white or black? It's yeah. either fully this or always that or never this. And so what happens yeah. is that is an immature way. It's, it's your fault or my fault. That is not how it happens. So another offshoot of immature uh, immaturity in communication is the inability to, to see that there are legit two sides to every story. Yeah. That is a higher level process that gains so much footing when a person can live there and realize that even though I may disagree intensely with how you're viewing a situation and how you're coming across and how you're processing something, there is a valid perspective in there somewhere and there is a reason <laughs> you are thinking that way. <laughs> There's a valid concern in there somewhere. There's a valid perspective in there. So, and so if you can actually get to the place where you realize there are two legit sides to every story. It's an issue of humility, really. Yeah. Right? I mean, to, to come it's to... It's maturity, yeah, which is humility. Yeah, maturity is... Humble is, is mature. That, that I would be able to accept the fact that I might not see it perfectly right. Yes, right. The way I view it, my, my take isn't complete. 
When, the, when people are willing to get to the point where they're willing to see that there are two sides, two legit sides to every story, and they're willing to try to listen to understand the other side, does not mean they have to agree, does not mean mm -hmm. they have to validate that, but that there is another side there that I can make myself mm -hmm. listen to and listen for. Literally, that is maturity and communication. Yeah. So yeah. if you can get through that blockade. And remember, when it comes to communication, you are always responsible for how you respond to someone, how you choose to respond to someone. Say that again. You're always responsible for how you choose to respond to someone else. So that's a... How they communicate to you. Yeah. You're always responsible for your response. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. So the last sort of uh, ground floor critical element that Practical we, tool. For every relationship. Yep. yep. And we're talking friend. We're talking coworker. We're talking spouse. We're talking best friend. We're talking you The know, first family one is forgiveness. Member. Second one is communication. Third one is encouragement. Encouragement. So what is encouragement, Mike? Why don't you just all extemporaneously tell us your definition of encouragement? Encouragement. Um, we have thought about this to some degree. Uh, let me see if I can pull it back. I, well, for me, it is giving someone courage cool. to go on. Like they're lacking something. What can I put into them? What can I fan into flame? What can I give them to recourage them for whatever? Very cool. For me, you? I wrote when I thought about this, having the desire to bring light, love, or life to another person. Yeah. So here's the deal. So just having the desire to bring light, love, or life to another person. So here's the deal. Neither one of us looked anything up. We didn't d go look at like any sort of source for what encouragement was. Because here's what we want to do with this idea of encouragement. We want to rip it away from any preconceived notion because the preconceived notions about what encouragement is, it, it makes you have distance from what it is and we want to make it be like, no, you are meant to be an encourager. You are supposed to be an encourager. It's not, a, it's not reserved for certain, certain personality. personality types. You're, it's not reserved for extroverted personalities, for people that are verbal. Uh, encouragement is not verbal, sappy excess. Yeah, I'm a, I bet. For extroverted, happy, cheerful people. Now, now, you, by being a created entity of God, are meant to be a vessel of encouragement on this planet to yeah. the one or two people that are in your life, maybe. Yeah. Seriously, by you being you. Yeah. That's what we want to do is be like, please get rid of any definition that you've heard or, or anything that you've come to believe about encouragement that makes you think you're not an encourager. Stop right now. That yeah. is not the truth. Yeah. I, I, this stuck in my brain because it was so different, so unexpected. Um, a person told me that one of the most, that I sent them one of the most encouraging texts they've ever gotten. And I'm like, really? And, and they knew what it was. And I, they memorized the whole text. <laughs> and it was, this is what I said to them. I like you. <laughs> no exclamation point. No exclamation point. No emojis. No, no, no. No gifts. I said, I like you. And that penetrated, that, it just struck them. And that's me. I'm, that's my personality. A few words, no exclamation. Well, I don't know. I sometimes get a lot of words, but no exclamation points, just straight. Right. I didn't expect it to land like that. Right. I could have talked myself out of it in a second. Right. So the blockades to encouragement. Why don't people encourage? Well, because honestly, 
a big reason we don't encourage is because we're sort of focused on how we need encouragement. Like I'm down and I need somebody to call me or I need somebody to pray for me or I need yeah. somebody to make me feel better. I need somebody to bring me cookies or I need somebody to send me a text. We, we just get real self-focused. And similarly, that sometimes we just don't feel like it. I don't have the energy, especially if we have the wrong picture of what we think encouragement is. We just don't feel like we have the energy. Like I can't, I don't have what it takes right now to encourage somebody, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And so the biggest reason that I think that we don't encourage people is because we don't have the right perspective of ourselves mm. as mm. created by God, yeah. the way he wanted us to be. Do you get it? That God wants you to be the person that he made you to be. He made you to be the person that you are with the way you think and how you process data, with the personality that you have and the gifts you do have and the gifts you don't have on purpose. And that person encourages the way that you encourage. You have value to the body of Christ the way you are. Yeah, so encouragement for you is gonna look like, yeah, I mean, I prayed for somebody as I was driving down the road. That's amazingly encouraging mm -hmm. for them. Um, or I literally just, you know, get, I bought somebody a gift card and I just kind of threw it at them. Awesome. Uh, for you, you're like super over the top, like really, really verbal. So you sent out five cards a week. That's amazing. Yeah. You literally are old school. You write out the cards. You are texting like crazy, like you crazy gifts. You Snapchat like a fool. It's amazing. You, that is awesome. Whoever you are, whatever kind of personality you have, you're meant to be an encourager. And it will be life-giving to in any way, shape, or form that you do it. So some of the things about encouragement, encouragement is best when it's specific. So it's not just like, oh, you're so awesome. It's like, do you know that when you uh, ask that question with that tone of voice and then you wait for a response, you like, you just wait. Yeah. That's so encouraging. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like being specific is awesome. Yeah. Catching somebody doing something or, or like saying, hey, I saw when you yeah. blank, blank, blank. That's very yeah, encouraging that's to people. Yeah. Remembering the details of somebody's life. Hey, how did that go when you went to your family reunion two weeks ago? Whoa. Yeah. Very encouraging to people. Yeah. Right? Telling people that you'll pray for them and then actually praying for them right then or later or like writing out a prayer and praying for them or saying later, I prayed for you today, very encouraging. Remember, encouragement is a lot more than just a, an excessive sort of sappy statement. Yeah. So yeah. just wanted you to have a picture of what encouragement is yeah. because you are meant to be an encourager. Yeah. You are a powerful vessel of God. These things are within your capacity to do. And if they're built on God's foundation, yeah. they're gonna be so effective in the lives of others. Yeah, that's good. Did you cover the piece about the, the, the blockade, the main blockade is the insecurity, the, the un, not being aware of the powerfulness that you are? Pretty much implicit yeah. in what we just yeah. said, yeah. Yeah, just say that again, because that's, that's, that's really meaningful. Just finish with that. That, that. that we don't encourage because we... Underestimate yeah. the workmanship of God that we are. Yeah. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. Do it. And I think do it. Do it. In the power of God, do it. Let us encourage one another all the more as the day approaches. Yeah. Don't That's wait. our job. Don't wait to be encouraged. 
Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Just get out there and do it. Just, it's the same verse we shared in the first one. Whoever wants to save their life will. Lose it. Lose it. If you give your life, you will gain it. Yeah. Don't what that verse has always meant to me is this. When I am in the place where I feel like I'm a little down, I could really use, um, I could really use a plate of cookies. I make a plate of cookies and send them to somebody else. When I think, I really wish I was invited to a party. I have a party and invite people. Mm -hmm. When I think I really could use a hug, I give a hug. Mm -hmm. Because I believe Luke 9, 24 and 25, what Jesus told us. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it work yeah. a bazillion times. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And so even this past week, the idea of just giving away, I, I had a stark experience happen. Um, Mike, God has given Mike and I a recent gift and we've been really enjoying giving it away, so to speak. And we've been really enjoying the gift ourselves. It's yeah. been an amazing gift, but we've also been enjoying giving it away. And this past week I had the opportunity to kind of give it away to somebody. And in giving it away, the person that I offered it to just started weeping. And I was so overcome by the response of just sharing yeah. that gift that I was more blessed in any time that we've been able to use the gift. It was, a, uh -huh. it was such a backdoor overwhelming blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the picture that God tells yeah. us. Your souls were meant to live in the yeah. ways that I created you for to live and I promise you, yeah. it'll be a better, richer experience for you than any grabby, go get your own life experience. Yeah, it's backwards from what we think. Yep. You're, you are empty, you need something, you do need to be encouraged, you are lonely, and you, we automatically think the way to fill that is to grab something. Right. We, we, don't, we feel like I don't have anything to give, but you do. You just give, and it is the giving that creates the life of the, the, living, the, the living water that's flowing up from beneath you. Just mm -hmm. to become a conduit and discover true life. So, okay, so that's, that's week two, wrapping it up, right? So yep. week one, we had the foundation, perspective that God is up to something bigger, he's transforming, this was practical. Week forgiveness, two is the ground floor. Ground floor, forgiveness, communication, encouragement. encouragement. Next week, we're gonna talk about the biggest saboteur of the whole thing. Come back, we'll see you soon.